Bouncing ball fielded to the 25. Oh, you got to be kidding. Oh, look at this. This is Dan Connolly, the right guard. The right guard. Still going to the four yard line. That's unbelievable. Welcome to this week's Front Five Football Podcast with your hosts, Adri Mallows and Colton Cole. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Audrey. Uh, how many? Five weeks down, heading into week six. NFL football is back. How was your pick this week in the pick'em? Oh man, I knew it was going to happen. So we've got for our listeners, we've got a little side uh, pick'em league going on that that Colton's arranged, and uh, I went with the Packers over the Giants because I thought, you know, it's regular season. Aaron Rodgers should have my back. And then as soon as I made the pick, I was like. I bet he's going to screw me. And lo and behold, everyone I'm sure knows what happens. Thank you, Aaron. This is why I hate you. We don't talk about quarterbacks on this podcast, but <laughs> yes, number 12 up there in uh, the frozen tundra. Uh, even the Green Bay Packer fans hate you. It's, uh, you know, every time they play the darn New York Giants, it's the same old Rodgers can't handle the Big Apple. And uh, whether it's the postseason, whether it's the regular season, He's lousy against, I mean, frankly, I don't even know. What is the record of, of that uh, quarterback up there in Green Bay who plays behind that phenomenal five badass men? Uh, what's his record against the NFC East, Audrey? Can you pull that up for me? So it, thanks for putting me on the spot like that, buddy. So his record is 16-9 and nine against the NFC East. So actually, he's got a better record than we think. And before we let this segment drag on too long, I'm going to say two things. Firstly, I think it's okay to say the quarterback's name when you're hating on them in an intro like we are at the moment, <laughs> as long as we make sure we give plenty of love to the big guys up front. And with that, we're going to move on to our next segment. 20 yards and third down situations on this drive. And Brady, he's got Nate Solder as tackle. Okay, so it's that time of the week now. We were going to look at the injuries from week five. So, Colton, what have you got for the NFC, sir? Yeah, uh, lots of injuries in the uh, in the trenches for the NFC heading into week six. Obviously, we're we're rounding that that time of the season when guys are looking forward to those bye weeks and and starting to uh, starting to get some rest. So, a lot of questionables. Um, you know, with all the injuries, I'm just going to quickly note the team and how many questionable or or guys that are, are recently injured you know there's a handful of guys outside of this little breakdown that are on the ir but you start with the arizona cardinals you've got rodney hudson center max garcia guard both questionable as of today uh you go down to the atlanta falcons and you're looking at jalen mayfield he's, he's still on the ir since september and uh they got a pretty healthy for the for the front guys that have have played the last a few weeks. So the Atlanta Falcons are looking all right. Obviously, uh, Jalen Mayfield, uh, IR. Then you bounce down and uh, Carolina Panthers, they, they've got uh, actually no one questionable. It looks like that one bounced off. Um, you know, if you're looking at Chicago Bears, you've got, uh, you know, really just Cody White here since October 5th. Uh, he's, he was placed on the IR um, with his knee at center. Um, offensive tackle, uh, Alex Leatherwood. He is out. You know, that's been since September. Uh, but then bouncing down, you look at Dallas. Um, you've got a couple, uh, questionable, uh, on the, on the O line. Um, Jason Peters, as of today, questionable. Actually looks like, uh, another guy got bumped down. Uh, obviously you've got, uh, Tyron Smith and, and Isaac Elecron, who are, are both, uh, one IR, one questionable. Um, uh, but, uh, 
Yeah, you know, just to note, as far as uh, any major injuries, there's nothing huge uh, from from this week for the NFC. Uh, a lot more questionable. You got a questionable on the uh, Detroit Lions. Um, you've got questionable when you're when you're getting over to the Rams. Um, you know, I think some of those those players are just kind of getting tired. Um, Coleman Sheldon, actually, I, I forget. Uh, Coleman Sheldon was placed on the uh, the IR on Saturday with an ankle injury, uh, October eighth. Um, Brian Allen center backup center is questionable. Um, but yeah, you know, the Vikings are healthy. You have, uh, saints are, are pretty healthy. You've got one questionable there and that is Calvin truck Morton. Um, as of today, he's questionable offensive tackle there, uh, giants, very good bill of health, uh, in their offensive line. Um, I don't need, I think, yeah, they've got one guy in the IR and that's Shane Lemieux, um, with his foot, but that's back in, in September. That was preseason. Um, very good bill of health for uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles outside of the questionable Kelsey. He had a low ankle sprain, a Sunday's uh, win over Arizona. And then uh, Landon Dickerson, uh, who actually is a backup center, uh, is questionable as well. So I think you'll have one of those guys in the game, but good bill of health for Philly and, uh, you know, the undefeated there. Um, San Francisco 49ers. You've got uh, Trent Williams out October 10th. Um, that's going to be one that's going to affect San Francisco. We'll see how, how that plays out uh, as they head into a, another week of football here. Um, also, Colt McKivitz, IR, place on the IR, knee injury Saturday. Like I said, we're, we're getting that part of the year where we need to start thinking about rest. We need to get some of those second string guys in. We need to get guys looking at the, the calendar and, and trying to figure out, okay, what, what do we have between now and our, um, our bye week? Uh, you look at Seattle Seahawks. Very, very healthy team. You got one questionable, and that's Gabe Jackson. You know, he, he did exit the game on Saturday and uh, did have a hip flexor injury. Uh, but but that's, uh, you know, I, I'm not too worried about that. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you've got uh, Josh Wells placed on the IR. September, obviously, we've known that. Um, he had that calf injury. Um, but really, you know, the commanders, they got a good bill of health as well. You know, you're looking at a lot of teams with a good bill of health in the offensive line. A lot of questionable. Sam Cosme. I know he's had some injuries, but uh, he's, he's still been playing. He's questionable as of today. Uh, but that's it for the NFC, Audrey. I'm going to pass it over to you to look at the AFC. Thank you, buddy. So I'm just going to skim through some highlights now. I'd recommend that uh, if you haven't done so already, uh, go out and check out um, various different websites. The main one I use for checking out on my injuries is uh, ESPN.com. I'm getting all the latest updates on players. So I'm just going to skim through some uh, highlights for the AFC. We've got Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle from the Ravens, who we've been tracking. Um, he's now actually back on the field, number 79, so he's recovered from his ankle injury, so definitely a great player to keep an eye on. We've got Jonah Williams, number 73, tackle for the Bengals, and uh, is down with a knee injury and is now day-to-day. We've got Garrett Bowles, number 72, left tackle for the Broncos. He's been placed on IR because he broke his lower right leg versus the Colts. He's going to be out for a year that's the uh, update at the moment we've got Ben Barch number 78 for the Jags starting left guard dislocated knee and ligament damage so he's going to see a considerable amount of time off the field and we have Trey Smith number 65 starting right guard for the Chiefs and um, he was actually uh, ruled out before their game this week uh, with a pec injury so that's my roundup and just sort of speeding through all of the injuries for the AFC there is a, a few more and a few more squad players but do go and uh, check the likes of ESPN.com for the latest injury updates on your teams. 
motion is Andre Johnson. Mariota play action. Goes underneath. It's caught. This is Taylor Lewan. Surprise, surprise. And look at the big fella. Okay, so we're going to have a look back now at the week five performances that stood out to us. We're going to come at you with the worst, the best, and also those honourable mentions. And we're going to start this week in the NFC. Over to you, Colton. Thank you, Audrey. Yes, favourite section of our of our show, best and the worst, and then our honourable mentions. How do you say that with your accent? Honourable mentions, Governor. Honorable mentions. Here we go. <clears throat> okay. You know, let, let's start with the honorable mention this week. And almost gave it to two different teams, um, but I did go with the Minnesota Vikings uh, in their win over the Chicago Bears. Um, I like this offensive line. It's it's a solid unit of draft picks. Um, all, all their starting guys were drafted by Minnesota. Uh, majority first and second rounders. And uh, they've all been drafted since 2018, so a pretty new kind of a uh, a more recent offensive line for that Minnesota Vikings. You know, not a lot of toxic players. You know, not those guys on their second or approaching their third contract. So I really like this offensive lineup there in uh, in Minnesota in Minneapolis. But I expect during the week, uh, you know, they only gave up one sack for seven yards. They had 117 yards rushing, 319 yards passing. Um, just had one offensive penalty, but where I was impressed and, and got them to the honorable mention was they were 12 of 15 on third down, um, which was impressive. Plus they, they, they had a phenomenal, uh, clock management. They, they had the, the ball for 36 minutes and 44 seconds in that game that was, was in, in regular play, did not go to overtime. Um, so that, that was a good, good game. And, and you got to give credit to the offensive line. Um, just going to make one one shout out. You know, you've got a rookie, Ed Ingram, out of LSU, second round pick and uh, number fifty nine overall, and uh, starting at right guard. That's just you know, that's impressive. Um, you got a rookie on that that O line, and, and they're playing so well. Um, I will say that they're they do have a a good offensive uh, line head coach, um, Chris Cooper, and uh, he was hired this spring. And so he got to come in with all these, these, these draftees from Minnesota. And, and, uh, he actually played eight years in the NFL himself. And, and he's joining the staff after spending, uh, the past three seasons as an assistant, um, offensive line coach over in Denver. Um, didn't have a ton of success there, but, um, you know, you, you get that experience. You learn what not to do. Um, you know, he did work under longtime offensive line coach, uh, Mike Munchak in Denver. And, and, uh, yeah, you know, so the reality is that. They got a great thing going in Minnesota. And I'm going to go to the worst of the week. Wow, wow, wow. Your Carolina Panthers, um, they're my worst of the week. And, uh, they had their, their loss to the 49ers, 37 to 15 loss. Um, just didn't look like they were really in this game at all. The second half, um, gave up six sacks, uh, to their first year, um, you know, local quarterback there, uh, coming over from Cleveland. Um, forget what number that quarterback is, but yeah, they had, Three O line penalties that they committed, um, just 64 yards of rushing, uh, what stood out to me and, and what kind of bumped them to my worst of the week was they were, uh, three of 15 on third down. Um, I will say, I think there's hope. Uh, James Campen, uh, the O line coach, you know, he was in Green Bay from a, for a long time. He, he was in Green Bay from 07 to 2017 and, uh, they had some good years. Obviously, you remember Favre had a really, really stellar year with Green Bay in 07. 
went to the NFC Championship. We know what happened there. We only talk about ghosts. You know, we're not talking about current quarterbacks. But yeah, number four up there in Green Bay. His offensive line, his last season in Green Bay, uh, was was under James Camp, and so they've got some hope there. You know, and, and he went to a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl, went to a lot of NFC championships with that uh, that that current number twelve up there in Green Bay, and uh, he had a couple one year stints with the Chargers, and they had some success. The Texans, and they were awful, and, and the Panthers, um, but now he's he's there in uh, in Carolina. So I think there's going to be hope for that offensive line down the road. Keep in mind, this is an offensive line that only has three. Uh, starters who were drafted by Carolina, and one of them uh, is a rookie, uh, number six overall pick out of North Carolina State, and that's uh, Ikem Ikemwau. And uh, yeah, so I, I think there's hope there for this offensive line. Um, number 70, Christensen did have two penalties, um, and I mentioned that rookie, uh, sixth round pick out of NC State, um, Ikem, he did, uh, you know, he did have a penalty himself as well. Um, on to the best of the week. They had a win over the Atlanta Falcons. They gave up no sacks. They had just one penalty. On third down, they were 9 of 16, 351 yards passing, 69 yards rushing. But who needs to rush when you've got number 12? That offensive line is coached by Joe Gilbert, and he begins his fourth season as the offensive line coach with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we all know that he won a Super Bowl. And that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As I said, the stat line, just awesome. And uh, you're running down that O-line, getting some guys back. You've got uh, centered out of Notre Dame. Uh, Robert Hainsey uh, played well and uh, second-year player. He was a third-rounder. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is back in there. Uh, obviously, we all know Tristan Wirfs, the first-round pick out of Iowa, the Midwest. Uh, Shaq Mason, uh, Luke Edke, Donovan Smith, you know, they are, uh, they are looking good down in Florida. Uh, not so much for number 12's marriage. However, I think that, uh, Giselle is probably going to marry another 2012, or I'm sorry, another number 12. They'll probably run up to, back to Boston, uh, buy a mansion together. Um, it's only going to be a two year marriage there with number 12 out of Green Bay. And I, I predict that Rogers, I'm sorry, that uh, number 12 out of Green Bay goes to, I think he's going to go to seven Super Bowls in a row and he'll probably lose all of them. The first two are going to be in, against the Dallas Cowboys and that, that badass offensive line. Uh, the next three will be against the Chicago Bears and the Bears will be the first team to ever three-peat uh, with a Super Bowl, Justin Fields. And then those final two, as Rodgers turns 46 and 47 years old, the ayahuasca is wearing off. His collarbones are, are fake collarbones at this point. Uh, they're dancing around back there. What did uh, Troy can say this week? Uh, they're, they're putting the dresses back on. And I think uh, that number twelve will uh, will lose his final two Super Bowls to the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love or Jordan Love's predecessor. Uh, but that is my best work and uh, my best, my worst, and my honorable mention of the week. Audrey, over to the AFC. Thank you, and I'm going to kind of <clears throat> speed through mine. I'm just going to pick up on a couple of things. Firstly, what Troy Aikman said: there's pretty much no place for um, in the league. There's no reason to use wearing a dress as a derogatory comment. So, just kind of want to make that sort of quite clear. Yeah, so we're going to leave that one uh, swiftly behind us. So, I'm going to move on to my special mention this week, and that goes to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They've got their left tackle there, who's protecting a star quarterback. Um, so, the left tackle is Orlando Brown Jr., number 57. Um, he's in his fifth season yeah as i mentioned protecting the blind side they did give up three sacks for 27 yards but no penalties and were 58 percent on third down so all in all they managed to kind of pull it together and and make sure they came away with the win in the end and um, albeit a little bit late in the day my worst performance of the week goes to a team that actually won 
but it was the battle of the I don't want to win this game teams. Um, and that was the Colts uh, versus the Broncos. So their uh, O-line, um, quite surprising really, bearing in mind four of their five uh, O-linemen were drafted in rounds one to three. And um, they're led by left guard Quinton Nelson, number 56. Um, they did give up six sacks for 51 yards. They had five penalties as a unit um, and they were only 25% on third downs. Going to finish off with my best team of the week and probably uh, no surprises after the performance they had. Um, The O-line for the Buffalo Bills gave up no sacks, 55% on third down. Um, There were two uh, penalties, but 552 total yards on offense. Um, The QB wasn't really pressured, um, especially when they were backed up in their own end zone. But for more on the Bills O-line, how they're made up, how they're coached, who coaches them, etc., you can check out my first AFC O-line breakdown, uh, which is now available. Okay, so we're going to finish off now with looking ahead to some uh, week six games and uh, a talking point that I know young Colton over there has got. And it's going to be interesting to see where that goes, because I definitely get the feeling that uh, someone sprinkled something on his Cocoa Pops this morning. I mean, he is going off on one, isn't he? Wowzers. But anyway, (laughs) week six games. Colton, over to you. Audrey, thank you. Lots of good matchups here. Um, It's good. You know, some of these some of these dumpster fire teams are going to get a win. Um, You've got, you know, first off. Thursday night, Washington Commanders at Chicago Bears. Um, noon on, on Sunday, you've got the 49ers going into Atlanta. Um, you've also got the Jets, uh, which are heading into Green Bay. Some predict that the Packers could lose to two New York, New Jersey franchises uh, in the same week, essentially, um, in the same seven days. First time that would have ever happened for the Green Bay Packers. Um, but yeah, then you've got, the uh, NFC North team, Minnesota. They're heading down to, to, uh, Miami. Really curious to see how that one goes. You know, the four and one Vikings against, uh, a, a Dolphins team that's kind of struggling at the uh, QB position. Uh, offensive line, like you've mentioned, uh, in some weeks, they've got a good offensive line there in, in Miami, but, um, curious to see on, on how Minnesota does against that uh, cross conference, uh, opponent, uh, Miami. Um, Cincinnati Bengals head to the, Saints, I'm looking forward to that game. Um, Giants, I, I'm really looking forward to the Giants and seeing if they can keep this this history going and beat the uh, the Ravens. Um, and then just my favorite game of the week, I can't wait. Sunday night, I'm going to be driving back from Green Bay. I hope to get back to my house here in Chicago uh, at the exact time to, to watch hopefully the second quarter of uh, the uh, Dallas Cowboys and the, the Philadelphia Eagles. That is my game of the week. You've got the four and one Dallas Cowboys and the five and no Philadelphia Eagles uh, heading into Philadelphia, seven twenty uh, Central Time, NBC, and uh, those are mine for the week. Audrey, how about you in the AFC? Thank you, Colton. Yeah, I've just got a, a couple. At one point, I did think you were going to be going through uh, all of the games that are going on in week six. There, so uh, true to form this week. I got Fair the enough. Conference games. <laughs> you, you take the uh, you take the uh, AFC uh, opponents to match up. Well, thank you for allowing me a couple of games to work with. Cheers, buddy. Um, so I'm going to start with the Kansas City Chiefs versus Buffalo Bills, um, one of the uh, late afternoon kickoffs on Sunday. And then two teams who will be struggling to find a win in this game, I'm sure. 
Um, Jacksonville versus Indianapolis earlier in the year Jacksonville got the better of the Colts because the Colts I think don't seem to know uh, how to beat the Jags it seems so it's going to be interesting to see how that one goes and then we'll finish off now with our sort of talking point or burning questions that we have and I'm going to again throw that over to you Colton what do you have for us I don't want to touch on some stuff that's, that's been talked about this week you know brought to light um, by some comments that uh, a former quarterback uh down there in uh in, in dallas who benefited off of a phenomenal offensive line he couldn't really throw the ball very well but he had a great offensive line he had a great running uh, attack i think he threw more interceptions than touchdowns in most of his seasons if you look at that uh, guy's stats they're pretty awful but he made a comment don't want to repeat it he used the word dresses and uh that's kind of led to some dialogue uh, around what the the nfl may look like in you know five ten fifteen 20 how many years and and some of the these are the two aspects that i think it's going to go in that direction and i think it's going to change what the offensive linemen in the prototypical offensive linemen look like what kind of offenses are being run more wing t more guards pulling you're going to have tackles pulling you're going to have guards and tackles that can run four 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 five forties the first scenario and i'm going to break this down quick and i'm going to, I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of let, let me know what your thoughts are but the first scenario is the uniform of quarterback. They've got, you know, essentially they're going to have a rib protector because um, they're going to be taking a lot of a lot of fists and a lot of uh, hands to their uh, uniform around the rib protector. So um, essentially, you've got this electronic rib protector that if you get two hands on it at the same time for more than one second, one one thousand plays dead. Stadium lights up. That's scenario one. Scenario two: a little bit of chest, a little bit of checkers. Um, you've got a quarterback who pre-snap between the offensive lineman, I'm sorry, between the offensive uh, play caller and the quarterback agree on a call. And essentially he has to run a, a route. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a, uh, a dropback route. So there's, there's look him up. There's 25 different dropback routes. A quarterback typically does on any given play. A lot of quarterbacks rely on one or two or three of them. Um, a lot of quarterbacks tweak them a little bit differently, but they've all got their kind of their pattern. That quarterback who's in the game will have a on the field. It's an electronic, you know, essentially it's an electronic map of of their route, and it, it you know from where they take their first step, that's going to instantly map. They have to stay within that, and if they go outside of that, automatic sack. And one other thing that they're talking about doing is the defense is going to have one player with a helmet. Um, that, that lights up on each play. And then the, the offense will have one player with a helmet that lights up on each play. And basically what that is, is that's a player you cannot defend. So quarterback A takes a snap. One of the wide receivers helmet lights up. He is an ineligible receiver. He can only block. And there's a defensive player who can only block that guy. So it's going to be more of a chess game. It's going to be a very mental, uh, a very a neat, a neat way they're going to play the NFL. Uh, but that's scenario two. Those are the two that I've, I've read most about. Um, I like the, the rib pad idea with the electronic uh, piece there, and it's, it's based on pressure. Um, and it's not like the, the Kraft family is going to be manufacturing these, kind of like MLB makes their own baseballs. The Kraft family and Bill Belichick will not actually be the designers and the the engineers making this 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 rib protector. However, I like that idea. 
I think it's going to change the offensive line. I think you're going to have more speed. You're going to have more guys like Javon Curse. Um, you're going to have more tight ends playing tackle, potentially guard. And I, I do like that helmet idea and, and the, the tree, the route. Um, but let me know, Audrey, what are your thoughts? Um, I think if the league does go down that route of uh, having sort of the, the touches on the the quarterbacks and, and if the O-line does need to evolve, then I would see it being more of a physique like uh, like an Aaron Donald. So someone who you know is athletic, but also very muscular. Um, so it will change the the size of, of the O-lineman that we currently see. Um, they may still also be taller. But in terms of changing the rules, um, for me at the moment, I think it's a little bit extreme when actually the league isn't, uh, oh, sorry, how the league is played isn't in the wrong what the O-linemen are doing yeah one of them let a defender through the defender made a play on all of the bad calls this week it's been because a quarterback got tackled that's it so I think uh, I don't think we need any drastic rule changes I just think we need uh, the refs to either uh, get it right or admit when they were wrong and accept the help that's available to them from uh, all the refs that watch all of the games in New York Um, and there's definitely more that we can do on that front um and most importantly, I think people just need to stick their hands up when they're wrong. That's some great wisdom, Audrey. I, I absolutely agree. 100% agree with you. 